Fine, Hello, this is Bo Buchanan, and I am here with another edition of On the Level, sitting outside of Shady's Ales and Cocktails in Phoenix, Arizona, talking to Anthony Crossan. And uh, Anthony, I usually ask everybody to just introduce yourself. Tell me your name, uh, the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any titles you have connected to that lodge. My name is Anthony Crossan. I'm the senior deacon of Arizona Lodge Number Two, Freedom Accepted Masons in the state of Arizona. Amen, brother. Senior deacon, he is the position above me. I am the junior deacon, and he is a great example. Um, so the first thing I usually ask people is, when did you become aware of Freemasonry as an organization or as a as a thing? Uh, Freemasonry, Freemasonry for me was uh, I, I remember learning it in school, and and it was very very Grade school high school high school high and, school and okay. it was very uh, lightly touched on. Uh, I basically learned that George Washington, Ben Franklin, like the, the usual guys, were Freemasons, and it was never really expounded upon after that. Okay. And I I had questions about it, but I never I never prodded. And then you know fast forward like a decade, I uh, I pulled up to a a lodge in Phoenix. And I, I noticed that it was a lodge because it had a square and compass on the outside of the building. And I just inquired. And what lodge was that? That was Arizona number two. Arizona number two. So from the time that you learned about Freemasonry in high school, it was 10 years until you decided to go, hey, let me, let me find out if I could join this thing, Freemasonry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you know any Masons at the time? I At the time, I did not. Did not, okay. So tell me, you you drove up. Did you actually go in that day, or did you come back another day? No, uh, actually, what happened was uh, at the time I had just moved back from San Francisco, and I uh, before I moved away from San Francisco, Central was pretty normal, and then when I moved back, I was gone for four years. Uh, the the light rail was being installed and, here in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So when I when I got back from school, I would drive down Central just to check it out. I'm like, oh, what, what's changed? And I just so happened one night to drive down Monroe, and I saw the building. I saw the, the Masonic Temple. And I was like, hey, like I, I recognize that symbol. I'm going to check this out. This was like 10 p.m., so I couldn't really check it out then. Uh, went home, went online, realized it was an actual Masonic Temple. And the very next day that I had off, I went in, and I said, hey, like I, I'm kind of interested in this building. Tell me about your impression. Our, our building, for those don't, who don't know, is almost 100 years old. It's pretty impre- impressive. Tell me about your first impressions when you walked into that building. Oh, it was beautiful. I uh, I walked in, and I, I got buzzed in by um, John Ruth, who was the secretary at the time. And uh, he basically gave me the entire history of the building, where the beams came from, the, the, how the locomotives took it from Midwest and all the way to the West. It, it was pretty pretty crazy, like the story that he told me. Uh, but the most interesting part about it was that um, on the on his desk was a Shriners fez, and that exact same Shriners fez was in my possession because it was my grandfather's. Shut up. And at the time, I didn't know <clears throat> that uh, you had to be a Freemason to be a Shriner. And I asked John Ruth. I was like, Hey, like, what what is this this fez? represent like i i have a fez just like this in my closet and he was like oh that's a shriner fez and i was like well i think it was my grandfather's and he's like well your grandfather's a freemason then because you cannot become a shriner without oh, being first a freemason being a mason. first and i was like okay well i'm, I'm you've already got me like, <laughs> when, when can i come in okay and- so let me back up so your grandfather you had some history there 
what was it other than your grandfather? You didn't know he was a Mason when you went down there. What was it about Freemasonry masonry that drew you in and made you want to become a Mason? Well, it, it was just uh, the the passion and the, um, the the solemnity that that John Ruth had when he was explaining it to me, uh, in, in you know when he was talking to me about it, you know and and the fact that it was part of my family, kind of like a history thing. I'm really big into history. And the fact that my, my grandfather was a Shriner and I didn't know about it. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, oh, he kept this a secret. You still got the hat? I have it. It's in Sweet. my closet. And Sweet. my dad was actually going to throw that away. Oh, my gosh. So one, uh, you know, when he was cleaning out his closet, he, he had this fez. It was all folded up into a plastic bag. And I just, for whatever reason, this is like years before I became a Mason, I uh, I saw that fez in his closet. I was like, you know what, Dad? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that if you don't mind. Like it it just looks important, and I I want it, and I'm gonna keep it. And he's like, yeah yeah, take it. I didn't know what the significance of it was at all. I just thought it was like another fez <clears throat> hassle on it, whatever. I thought it was like a college thing, but <laughs> it just looked like something that I should keep in the family. Right. And then fast forward like ten years, and it turns out that like this was a Shriner fez, and it belonged to my grandfather. He wore it. So when were you raised as a Mason, and how long have you been a Mason? I was raised on March 20th of 2012, and that is also my mother's birthday. So we're coming up on your uh, five-year anniversary. Mm. 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. Four, right? Four, I'm sorry. I can't even count. That's okay. Four yeah. years. <laughs> I will, I will so be. what's funny is because we're both very young mm -hmm. in Freemasonry when you think about yes. it. Yes. And uh, you're the senior deacon, and I'm the junior deacon. And one of the things uh, uh, I, I told your parents one night when we were at that at lodge, you are incredibly good at, at ritual. And, and we won't give any, any secrets away here, but you're very good at teaching. You're very good at, at uh, uh, sharing tips and, and helping someone come, come up after you. So I watch you constantly during ritual to, to see what you're doing and kind of mimic and, and make sure I'm doing things right. So that's you're really good at that. Um, what is it about Freemasonry that keeps you coming, keeps you excited, keeps you interested? It's the it's the brotherhood first and foremost. Like uh, all the guys that I hang out with, I I love everybody, absolutely everybody. Um, everybody is different. Everybody has their own story. They all bring something different to the table, and uh, you can learn from everybody something different. You know, one person may have one thing, one person may have another thing. And you can take all of that uh, uh, together, and you know, it's just uh, it, it's it's a great organization, uh, and and everybody's pretty much like-minded. Everybody has the same kind of ideas about how things should should be run for the most part. And um, I just I like giving back to my community, and I just um, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, it just, I feel proud. Whenever I'm sitting in lodge, like, I just, I feel proud because I'm, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there and, I, and I'm just thinking, for the most part, a lot of the time, like, I'm not the only one that's done this. This has been going on since. You're all 
as we like to say in Freemasonry, on the level. On the, on the level. level. I'm on the level. Like, which like, is kind of cool, which is why I called this series On the Level. George Washington, <laughs> Ben Franklin. Like They've all, been there. All of these guys did the exact same thing that I'm doing. And I it, think about that with my grandfather all the time. And, I think, my grandfather did this. Yeah, and my, my grandfather as well did yep. this on my father's side. And it's kind of like an honor yep. that, that I am allowed and privileged to, to be able to do what I'm doing. So... Uh, so tell me about tell me about somebody in in Masonry who embodies the ideals of Freemasonry to you, or somebody who made a big impact on you. Well, the first person that made the biggest impact on me was my mentor, and uh, uh, he was very good, very good at what he did. He taught me basically from the beginning. The, you know, like memory work is is a lot of the a, a lot of the job, and and to commit as much as you can to memory, but in the same thing is, uh, you know, you, you practice for perfection, but when you're actually doing the ritual, it's, it's from the heart. So don't worry about how accurate you are. And it just, um, uh, I really like when new candidates come in and I like, I like giving them, I like giving them something they haven't seen before which for the most part they've never seen before. And um it just it just it's a good feeling when you finish the ritual and they're so appreciative and uh it it's history. You're living history. Like this is something that's been going on for what we what we could say is thousands of years and for the most part unchanged and we're still continuing this tradition on even in today's society, modern society. Who who was that mentor, if you don't mind me asking? My mentor was Michael DiGiacomo. And the reason I ask is somebody else also mentioned him as somebody who made a big impact, and I can tell you that he made a big impact on me too because he was the first friend I made in masonry. Outside my friend who brought me in, Mike was the first friend I made in masonry because Mike is very passionate. Mm -hmm. Mike believes in the ideals that we have there. If you needed something, there's nobody who would be there before Mike DiGiacomo. Mike would be there like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. He is always there. What? Tell me about one of your most uh, passionate... No, let me back up. Tell me about one of your favorite memories of Freemasonry. Well, uh, some of that I can't really talk about, but uh, what I can talk about is the, the feeling I get when I go to Lodge. And my, my favorite memories of Lodge is um, just guys meeting together, having fun, and, and all of them doing the same thing that I've been doing. Everything that I've done in Freemasonry has been done before, and it's, it's pretty much up to me and my current... Um, you know, elected and appointed officers. It's it's our job to to continue this tradition, and it's it's again as I've said before, it's an honor that I am allowed and and privileged to continue this tradition, which has been going on for you know thousands of years. Like this is something that hasn't really changed that much. The language is pretty much the same as it was when it was documented. And uh, it's just, uh, it's a good feeling when I'm sitting in Lodge just knowing that I'm not the only one, the only person that's done this, and I won't be the last person to do this, and there, there's a legacy involved. And Which is one of the reasons I wanted to record these interviews is because we don't have access to a lot of 
recordings or information of other Masons, just to kind of hear what did, what did guys think 50 years ago, right? Imagine people could be listening 50 years from now. They could at least hear, here's how some Masons used to talk and think about, you know, Lodge. Yeah. That being said, is there anything different about Freemasonry than you expected coming in? Um, actually, uh, I didn't know uh, that Freemasonry was uh, about charity. That was one of the things that was kind of a new thing to me. I had very little knowledge about it up until I, I came in and just walked in and said, hey, what are you guys all about? And I had absolutely no idea the amount of um, just uh, charity and and giving back to the community. That Most Blue Lodges have a charity or several organizations in the community they work with. Scottish Rite has the Rite, Aid, Rite Care Clinic. Shriners have the Shriners Hospitals. Everybody, every Masonic organization has something. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, we give, uh, we give bikes to children. Bikes and- for books. And a lot of this is, uh, you know, it's it's on the DL, it's on the down low. Like, uh, it's not like we pat ourselves on the back about it. It's just, hey, right. we're gonna give you bikes. Here you go. And then, you know, we'll get like a thank you card. And you know, that's that's good enough. Like, that's all we need. And um, just uh, helping people, like helping people that are in need. I've I've become a more uh, tolerant person of homeless when I see them and they're like, Hey, can you spare some change? Typically I used to not, but now it's like, you know what? I can spare, I can totally spare change. You know, there's, I don't care what you use it on, but I have the ability and you need it. So here it is. In in Scottish, right. They have a saying, give what you would spend on a luxury that day. And if it's a two and a half dollar cup of coffee, Give two and a half dollars and give up your cup of coffee. Exactly. That's not. It's not going to break my not bank. Not going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so easy. And it and it one person feeling like you know whatever joy or whatever uh, feelings they feel when someone gives them something is enough for me. Like that's that's enough for me to be like there it is. Like this is why this is why I do what I do is to help people and to hopefully change people's minds about what they feel about the fraternity. Any other parting thoughts or, or other the memories of events or people or anything you want to share? I'm just into the camaraderie. I um, I enjoy every every Tuesday night, which is when we meet, um, uh, having dinner, meeting people, teaching, uh, all of it. Like uh, you didn't talk about DMLA, actually. You were a, a I forget what your title is in that organization. I'm the chapter dad of the Phoenix chapter. So basically, I kind of run the 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 kids portion of it. And um, uh, DMLA is basically a young man's. Uh, it's like ages 12 to 20, 20, 12 to 21. And uh, it's a basically kind of like the YMCA. It's a it's a youth organization, but the biggest difference is is the kids the the kids run it. So we just are there to advise. Whereas the Boy Scouts, the YMCA, like the the counselors and and the adults are kind of like a big deal. We're kind of in the background. If if they want to have um, like a fun time, if they want to go to castles and coasters, they have to make the appointment. They have to make the the fundraiser happen if they need the money to to raise to to send all of them to castles and coasters or whatever the event may be, and we're just kind of there to advise them like, hey, yeah, you can do that, or hey, you may want to rethink this. So 
it's basically like they're running a small business on their own. And it's really um, uh, enriching to see, you know, 15-year-old kids, like, kind of running a business and, and being like, oh, okay, we want to do this. Well, here, we need to make these we phone calls. We can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you don't see that often. And it's one of the few organizations where you can watch, like, uh, a young man grow from a boy to a man and, and, and see, like, you know, the, the steps and everything that it took to get there. And then, you know, when they become 18, if they want to, um, Freemasonry is there for them. All right, Anthony, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, thank you for inviting me.